0: Welcome back to Faith, Family, and Politics, everybody. I know this isn't Josh's voice, but you're going to have to get used to it. Uh, I am your guest host, Alan McFarland, uh, the irregular host of Laughing Libertarian, uh, but
1: really very irregular. Exactly. What
0: what kind of show are we going to have today, Louie? We're going to have a really big show today. Says that guy. Um, <laughs> that, of course, is Louie Rodriguez. You definitely love him. I know you do. Uh, and let him wave. wave,
1: wave. You want to wave some more? There was supposed to be some cheers. That yellow button over there makes, makes some cheers for Louie. Jeez. There you go. <laughs> he's the only one on the table that ever gets the cheers. D-
0: double cheers that time. Yeah. Cheer and a half, actually. I think it was a cheer and a half. Next to him, of course, you guys know this guy because he's here a lot more often than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and bringing the message today, Josh Cummins.
1: Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> he got a cheer that's a cheer yeah you didn't get the hat. gave gave it the fat albert you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) to my left however special guest david waters we had a little joke beforehand (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, do you want to tell you everybody out there and uh what you do what you what you want to talk about or present yourself sure well
2: uh my name's David Waters, which you pronounced correctly. Thank you. Hi, David. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I, um, I'm i from Vincennes, Indiana. That's where I grew up. And I currently, <laughs> I work at the Honda Assembly Plant out in Greensburg. But prior to that, I worked as a pharmacist in the state of Colorado and state of Indiana. And uh, gave up that profession because
0: I just couldn't poison America anymore. That's fair. That's fair. So... Um, Of course, we're going to have a a pretty deep dive in on that here in a little bit. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, Of course, before we get into everything else, make sure you like, share, subscribe. I know you already have. And if you're subscribed, of course you are. Hit the bell. Just hit that bell. Hit it. Hit it. Ding, ding. Hit it now. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) Josh, do you have a title for us?
1: Yes. So this week, the message will be called Forgive Yourself, because uh, we all need to learn how to forgive ourselves. Excuse me. <coughs> I need a cough. We, we forgive you. Yeah. We forgive you for the coughing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I forgive me too.
0: <laughs> the, I'm see. I'm happy. You, I'm happy. You can do that. Uh, so do you want to lead us in some prayer?
1: Yes. Uh, Father God, we want to thank you for this time uh, that we get to have uh, here on episode 67 of faith, family and politics. Uh, it's a big accomplishment, I think. And uh, it's all because of you, Lord, you brought this crew together and brought these, uh, brothers together uh, in all, all different walks of life. Um, and your son, heavenly pray, uh, heavenly name we pray, amen. 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 English is hard sometimes. It's okay.
0: It, 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 it's, um, it only happens suck, every I other mean. episode, so. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Um, you know, most of the world's trying to speak it. We're just trying to do that too. Um,
1: well, we can't, so. can't out Biden Biden though. So. That's
0: fair. That's fair. <laughs> so. Do you want to dive in and take the take the
1: reins here? Yes. So, <clears throat> um, forgive yourself. That's something that we all we all struggle with is being able to forgive ourselves. Um, when we get out in the world and we we do something that we feel that's done wrong, um, it's it's uh, it can hit it can hit home for, for some of us harder than others because we're just like, man, I I really really messed up there. And then I, I have the tendency to replay interactions in my mind. Like uh, if I, if I come up to somebody and I say something that, that uh, I, I like to eat my shoes a lot as a metaphor, you know, cause uh, that's uh, I just, um, a lot of ums here today.
0: English. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I eat my shoes a lot because I'm saying the wrong thing at the right time. And I do it a lot. And then I replay it in my mind. Oh, I could have said this. Oh, I could have said that. Oh, I could have said that. And I do this over and over and man, I just destroy myself with that. But we do have a capacity for forgiveness. We have a, and the the Bible tells us in Romans uh, chapter eight, verse one, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if we have Jesus in our hearts, um, then we don't have to worry about um, doing the whole say the wrong thing. Like I mean, it's not not that we're not going to mess up. We do still need to apologize. It's a foreign concept. We'll talk yeah, about it, it is, off the yeah, mic. It foreign, just, its foreign to me too. I know.
0: Oh, um, always <laughs> something I have to learn every
1: Friday. However, um, apologize only where it's where it's due, right? Like if you know that you messed up, and you know. Uh, but anyhow, we get, uh, moving forward. Uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse four. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which with which He loved He loved us. Let's say that again, real quick. But God, being rich in mercy, so He's got He's got He's given us all the mercy. He's loaded. Be able to allow that to ourselves as well, because He's our heavenly Father. We want to carry that in within ourselves as well. He gave gave rich and He's rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved <laughs> us. So He loves us. Right. It's, it's kind of hard to,
0: I was just saying, if he's rich in mercy, I wonder where, where he sits as far as smitiness. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he's rich with mercies. He's got piles of it. And he's just like, I've got this big mound of smitiness, right? Or did he just broke on smitiness right now? Like yeah. I need to know.
1: He's, he's been a little light on smitiness since, uh, since the old Old Testament, the OT as they call it. Um, I mean, but, Sodom
0: and Gomorrah is reha- is happening again. He seems to be like less mighty anyway. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. He's,
1: he's, he's pulled back a little bit, but I think he's, he's waiting for a, Different time, but we we do have to allow ourselves to forgive ourselves just as God has forgiven us. Um, and we're going to go around real quick. Uh, I mean, what kind of situations have you guys found yourself in that it's really hard to just forgive yourself? Lou, Hmm? have you ever found yourself in a situation where it's just really hard to just forgive yourself?
3: I've been quite a few times. but I have forgiven myself so so all
1: right and uh, David have you had uh, situations where you've gotten into a um you know said the wrong thing or
2: well it's not so much so much said the wrong thing it's just that I didn't say the right thing and mm. you know and what it was is that I didn't stand up for myself really and I allowed myself to be bullied and you know you don't uh, it's not it wasn't necessarily a physical thing, but it was
0: being um, browbeat
2: yeah getting browbeat at work and and that's I've learned from that it, but no I still I, I, when I think about that day um, yeah it's I'm slowly forgiving myself I'm getting there that's a, that's a, that's an in in progress. And this is 30 years ago.
1: It's, it's difficult, right? It's like, it's one of it's like, uh, that's why I wanted to start. Cause actually, so this is going to be the first part of a series. So we're actually starting with, this will be forgive yourself. Uh, the next part of the series will be forgiving others. And then the final part of the series will be God's forgiveness. Um, Unless, so, of course, he gets a ton of views
0: on this, and then he's going to break it down even further. It's going to be like, forgive yourself. <laughs> and then he's going to go individual. For, forgive the dog is going to be one of them. And, and
1: sometimes you got to forgive your dog.
0: Yeah, sometimes you have to. See? Look, now we can branch out. <laughs> this hits, let's see, what what we want? We want 500 views? 500 views, then we do a 10-part series?
1: Uh, I'll tell you what, if we can get uh, if we can get uh, 500 shares. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of platform, we'll, we'll go cross-platform. Uh, so, what about you, Alan? You ran into situation?
0: well, he said he said his it was thirty years ago. Uh, mine was about thirty minutes ago. Saying I would host a show, um, <laughs> I had to stop and forgive myself for that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, uh, mine. It just comes from you know being competitive and things, and I and I, it, there's a couple different things. I, I'm gonna go with two here. Um, you know, making a bad decision at a game because I let the whole team down. That that is one thing that I've always kind of. I've hated about myself. You know, you can't just go okay, there's there's 5 or 10 of us on this team. Someone's going to be, you know, when you lose, sometimes there's bad decisions, but you're when the ball's in your hand at the end of the when the buzzer goes off, you kind of you hate it when you don't, you know, win it for everybody. But beyond that, it's um you know losing losing my temper or something, you know, when Riley when my daughter was little mm-hmm. and you know you just have that a bad day and everything's compounding and then suddenly your your child that's, you know, 5 or 6 or whatever uh, does the wrong thing and then you're you kind of pop off a little bit and then you're like no this is the child so then there's that moment where you have to you have to forgive yourself because you know you did wrong and then you have to look at the child and explain that you know you're human and that you you have to apologize as well even though you're an adult right so right. it's just that i mean those things are kind of my moments where i had to forgive myself
1: yeah and to add to that like for, for me and uh, in particular i've i've um even even people at this table if i'm being honest i've said things that i didn't you know are even over there in the producer's booth that they're not in their heads yes i've said things that um yeah I talk about eating my own shoes um hey it's on camera you know you guys well, are getting your your uh it doesn't count over there adjudication now so uh, <laughs> he, he rules with an iron fist <laughs> <laughs> they'll all pay for it later in and lashings but um <laughs> um, anyhow, yeah, I've said things or, or even done things that, uh, yeah, it was really hard to forgive myself. It was really hard to, uh, to not only come back and apologize or, or, you know, how do I approach this? How do I come back to these individuals and say, Hey, I did this wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm really good at actually usually apologizing without apologizing. That's kind of my thing, but the people who know me, they know, that's my w- version of an apology. Uh, the words I'm sorry only come out when I'm talking about it, not when <laughs> I'm actually saying it. So that's just, that's just my personality. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's the instances I, I think uh, as far as in, in recent history that I, I've, I've ran into the most and um, Hey guys, I'm here, right? You Good. Okay. <laughs> I'll forgive myself for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So the, the, the reason we have that capacity also, uh, going into 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 19, uh, that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So he's, he's letting us make find our own reconciliation through him. So he now that we've got Christ in our heart, now we can find our own reconciliation. Um I, is, what's going on with the producers, but I see a lot of lot of laughter and following along. And okay, it, you found my notes. Is that where? It, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I always make notes because uh, I'll I'll get myself completely lost in my message if I don't, or I'll, or I'll do what I'm doing now, R- rambling on. So examples of these uh, actions needing forgiveness. Um, there it was uh, in Exodus chapter two verse eleven. This is this is Moses. It says one day when Moses had uh, had grown up, he went uh, out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian uh, beating a Hebrew, um, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him with sand. Um, struck down. I'm pretty sure in that instance. Uh, it's a polite way of saying he probably killed him. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Sterling. Um, so sometimes we do things in, in anger um, and uh, we've got to learn to be able to forgive ourselves uh, even for even for things that are that big. Now, obviously, there's rule of law. You murder somebody, probably go into prison forever unless you're Hunter Biden. But, <laughs> uh, you know, there, there is forgiveness. Uh, we will, we'll, uh, once again, when we get to that final part of the series, you'll find out exactly. So you got to stay tuned. You got to keep every time I, I'm on I'm the screen, mic, You got to make sure you're coming back because you got to find out how you're going to get that.
0: How you're going to forgive your dog?
1: Yeah, that too. Because um, otherwise, <laughs> you'll just never know, and you'll just be looking at your dog and all mad and uh, like, uh, ah, I
0: missed one. <laughs> I feel like I missed one of the episodes. Ah, there it is.
1: In a. So we have we we have that instance. So I mean, and and that's probably probably one of the worst that we can imagine, right? It's uh, someone murdering somebody, and then, and so when we talk about uh, guys on death row,
0: what? I feel like that was in defense of him, though. I feel like that was you know, you're watching this mistreatment and you're kind of defending. I
1: don't right, know, right? But there there are other ways to to handle this. No, it's murder.
0: It's yeah. just murder.
1: Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they just shh, murder done.
0: <laughs> Fine, no murder. <laughs>
1: Okay. Alan's on board now. <laughs> murder. Yeah. Murder is still murder. Uh, it was it, it in this instance, obviously was not righteous. Um, God didn't ask him to go do it. He just, he, he, uh, now he was obviously trying to do it in, in the idea of protection, but accidental death. Um, there is the Batman probably has the best way of doing it. He stops the bad guy, but does not kill him. Right. That's, that's the idea anyway. Um, but then there's always the joke about how he never kills the Joker, and the Joker keeps getting out and killing people. So weigh your weigh your options, I guess is what I'm saying. Not telling you to murder, just weigh your options. Um. That's why he only <laughs> works in a democratic run city. Yeah, uh, likely works the same way. So um, we all we all probably heard about uh, uh, a king named David. Uh, you might I don't know if you're familiar with King David or not, uh, Mr. Waters, but uh, uh, in Second Samuel. Uh, chapter 11, verses 2 through 4, uh, it says, It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house, that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman. And one uh, and one said, Is uh, not this Bathsheba, the daughter of uh, Iliam? I don't know if I said that right. Did I say that right, guys? I, I, it's the redneck version. We'll go with it. And <laughs> the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Uh, so David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanliness. Uh, then she returned to her house.
0: All I'm saying was it was called a peeping David until he became king.
1: <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> no, he is. was He was king at this time. He was a
0: peeping king?
1: Yes. Peeping king?
0: There's yes. something there.
1: Yes, there is something there. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping dogs shall lie, Alan. Um, so in this instance, the king did something wrong. Uh, now later on he does go to God and, and
2: he, he forgives his, himself.
1: He forgives himself, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he actually he, he actually lays himself out on the floor uh, on, the, on the ground. Uh, I believe he was wearing a, a shirt that was very um, uh, I don't know I guess the modern term would be like called a hair shirt. It said on it, Michael, make like America great again. <laughs> it might have. Um, no, it was much like a, like a burlap sack, I guess, as material probably would have been. So, I mean, imagine if you're wearing a, an old sack of potatoes that you turned upside down and it cut some holes. Probably ain't too comfortable. Um, that was kind of like his penance um, during during his prayers. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he said, let me take off my finest silks. I will punish myself with something scratchy. Scratchy.
1: Well... <laughs> It, here's the thing about and those things
0: were scratchy. Yeah. Somebody else is outside sunburnt with mosquitoes chomping at him. He's like, I'll just be
1: scratchy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still king. No, but <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Um, this is bad for me guys. <laughs> but the something about uh, having, having scratchy clothes. It does keep you present. Your mind is present all the time because you're, you're constantly thinking about that problem and not focused on all the other problems you have. So it is going to make you internalize a whole lot more. Um, As a matter of fact, I think that there's a. uh, I think that the Mormons actually practice. uh, They have like um, uh, garments that they wear that that keeps them a little more. Them and um, um, Jehovah's Witness, I believe that they also do something in in that similar fashion. They wear something that keeps them present. Um, So that allows them to forgive themselves. (laughs) Even though they're knocking on my door and uh, bothering me at dinner time, um, (laughs) they're okay with it. They've got their. I got their burlap sack on.
0: I'm just picturing you. You open the door and someone's just going. Like. <laughs> oh, do you need some cream? That's
1: that's, that? that's it. <laughs> but, you know, sign up or this thing won't go away. Right. Uh, yeah. So he he actually he's he's taking another another man's wife. Had her brought to him. Now he's now he's committing uh, adultery on two levels because he's you know he's got his own <laughs> at home. And he's, and he's have, having them bring her to him. There's even there's even more layers to that story, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll let either uh, myself or someone else, Brett, we'll talk about more in depth of that story later. Or you can read it for yourself. Pick up the Bible. You need to be reading it anyway. Um, so that's, that, that was in 2 Samuel. Uh, all right. So another instance in Matthew chapter 26, verse 40. And he came to discuss the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter... So could you not watch uh watch with me 1 hour? Now uh, he wanted them to stay up Jesus wanted them to stay up with him. Uh and 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 they would uh, obviously they would sleep in shifts or whatever. But they couldn't even stay with him 1 hour.
3: What you what you expect? He is God, we're human. We're not going <laughs> to last
1: <So I'm laughs> staying up all night. <laughs> so Maybe that's what they should have said, and 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 uh, maybe Jesus would have you know let him off with just a couple lashings. No. <laughs> All right, yeah. two or
3: three hours.
1: But uh, imagine imagine the Messiah looking you in the eyes and going, "Could could you not just stay up with me just one hour?" Now, obviously, lack of sleep is not nearly as bad as, um, you know, trying to get, trying to catch a few extra is not it's not as bad as adultery or or murder, but. Um, when you're talking with God, sin is a sin, is a sin, is a sin. And, and Jesus directly asked them for one thing. Um, and when God speaks to us and he asks us to do something, we should probably listen. Um, there's a whole story about a guy named Jonah, and we'll, we can we can go into that story at another time too. Uh, he got swallowed up by a great fish, and he didn't listen to God either. So
3: They all fell asleep.
1: Right? Yeah, they all fell asleep, They're All every, every single one of them. Like
0: I'd be like, fine. Start the sand timer. <laughs> what do you want to talk about?
1: But he asked, the, you know, he what's asked going on in your life, says, Jesus? <laughs>
0: What'd you do today? He's like, <laughs> you were with me.
1: I've been standing here for an hour watching you guys sleep. <laughs> Get up.
3: <laughs> Who forgot to put on the alarm?
1: Yeah. Look,
0: we all understand. You know you're about to get smoked. That's why you have all this adrenaline and you're staying awake. The rest of us, we're kind of running low right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but he, he just wanted them to, to, to stand by him. Um, he, he was because he, he was always going to give himself. They didn't know that he was going to give himself over, but um, he just he was just asking them to stay with him and, and stick through that. And So, yeah, anytime God wants us to, to stick through something, we should probably follow through. Uh, but, we, but we can also, um, just as... We we've talked about the reasons that they might have fallen asleep. We allow ourselves to be forgiven, to to say, "Oh man, um, you know, I missed the mark there. I missed the mark, but that that that's okay. I'm I'm human. I'm going to make the mistakes. I'm like Peter and and the rest. I I fell asleep on this one.
0: We're not like David, (laughs) though. Don't be a David." Keeping David, <laughs> yeah,
1: you don't want to do that. <laughs> no. Don't be a king, David. In particular. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> hey, and, and and well, I'd say don't be like Mo- Moses in that instance either. So, um, murder's fine. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we do not. <laughs> Faith family and politics and revolver broadcasting does not endorse murder. Accidental deaths, <laughs> <laughs> <still, that's> okay. <laughs> Uh, That's
0: a lot of stairs that guy fell
1: down. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we even have verses that uh, 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 back up the, the reasons we should forgive ourselves. Um, so if we go into Philippians chapter three, verse thirteen through fourteen. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do not. Uh, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What do we think is being said there? He's talking He's talking with uh, the disciples, and it sounds like, I would say, he's not considered about looking into the past. Kind of like, a you might have heard this line in uh, Lion King. It doesn't matter, right? It's in the past. Um and, and yes, the past can hurt. Uh, but we should be looking forward. We should be looking ahead. Because we, we have Christ in our hearts. We know what we've done. Let's look ahead now. Let's um, forgive ourselves. See the theme? And uh, and move forward. Because Christ is right there. So in uh, Micah chapter 7, verse 18, it says, who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. So if we're out there in anger, right? If we're out there in anger, we should probably... now that's not to say that we're not going to be angry. We're allowed to get angry. Um but we can turn that anger into love um, I was actually Sterling and I had a, a, a good conversation earlier this week about past anger becoming a great amount of love that we didn't even know that we had the capacity for it was pretty fantastic conversation I thank, thank you for uh, that sterling um, but you know uh, we have we have to try to keep, like it said, like it said in Philippians, look forward and look forward in love, and that that's how we can externalize that anger instead of saying, "Hey, you did this wrong," and "Hey, I just I can't." Slowly roll. Hey, I understand that this is happening this way. Now we're all guilty. We're all guilty. We all get mad. <laughs> just to preface that right now. We all get mad, we all fly off the handle sometimes. I'm guilty too. I'm not saying that I don't. <laughs> Ask my wife, she'll tell you. Um, but the way we're supposed to handle it is with love, right, Lou? That's right. And uh yeah. And God delights in this. Does he not?
3: Yes, he does. It doesn't always work out
1: that way, but he does, <laughs> <laughs> right? We're still humans, right? We're still yeah. going to mess it up. <laughs>
0: Sometimes it results in fine. You guys won't say it; it's fine. We'll just keep it moving.
1: <laughs> oh, only Alan MacFarlane endorses murder.
0: <laughs> I don't. I just accept it. I oh. don't endorse it.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, that must be a libertarian thing.
0: <laughs> uh, so.
1: It's the ultimate
0: get off my lawn.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. Um, so in Micah chapter 7, verse 8, it says, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, when I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Uh, I'll read that again, real quick. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, when I fall, shall I rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will. Will be a light to me. So, you're not wanting to. Am I miss? Am I missing something here? <laughs> I'm just trying to gather my thoughts, and I hear whispers. So I'm. I'm it's it's real. It's making me real. <laughs> so, the, there is this um, idea that we're we're going to rejoice in this in this this bad thing. Let's let's not do that. Um, or over our enemies' faults. Uh, now obviously we we kid a lot on this show we have a lot of levity um, but we're not looking to to harm someone with our words um, So we're not looking to to delight in that and we'll, but when we do fall um, we, we do have a chance to rise we do have a chance to forgive ourselves and when when we sit in the darkness, the Lord will be our light to pull us out. Again, that's gonna be in that other. Uh, part of the series, and the last part of the series, exactly how that works.
3: Every time I fall, I have to use the clapper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Louis Rodriguez. For, for, for those
1: for those who are too young, the clapper is a apparatus that you plug into your wall, and then you plug in your um, device device. And in order to turn the device on and off, you clap your hands a couple times. And it's programmable, I believe. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's like the the old version of a smart plug, okay, Gen Z. So we we'll bridge the gap there.
0: <laughs> now I'm just wondering why Alexa doesn't do that. <laughs> I can't. Why I have to go like Alexa? Turn the lights off. I can't just be like I can't program Alexa to be like, and Alexa's like, <laughs> dope. We'll go retro. Got it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's so smart. She's dumb. Are, are we good? Okay. I'm just looking at them. Uh, I just I just see a lot of laughing and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, well, am I doing something here? Um,
0: You've had something stuck in your beard this entire time. Oh, is it? No, I'm just
1: kidding. That's gross. A okay. couple little boogies or something. <laughs> oh, man.
0: <laughs> this is why you're always in the back row. <laughs> this
1: is true. I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, you no. know. <laughs>
0: we're, we're derailing here.
1: Yes. Yeah, so at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, to praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the beloved. So, we're gonna. God's given us grace; we're giving ourselves that grace as well, and we'll move forward in that and know that we are blessed and we're beloved. He made us beautifully and wonderfully, um, so we can keep moving. Like I said, like I said in the previous verse, we can keep moving forward. And as Second Corinthians chapter ten verse five, we destroy. Arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That sounds like a, a program that uh, we all enjoy, right, Lou? One, one that's uh, named Faith, Family, and Politics, right? We're we're destroying <laughs> the left or lofty arguments <laughs> and. Uh, and, th- and those opinions raised against the knowledge of God and we're taking every thought captive to obey Christ so that we can keep bringing that message of Christ out to the world.
2: Save as many as you can.
1: That's right. Save as many as you can. And uh, so to wrap that up, allow yourselves grace. God has given you that grace. Allow yourselves Love. And keep looking forward to what God has in store for you and listen to what he has to say because he will guide your footsteps. He will guide your way. And he'll and He'll show you exactly how to love, where to love, and how to express all the things you're feeling because all too often, especially in, in modern society, people get all kinds of caught up in their feelings and we think it's a reason for a lot of A lot of harm that's been done, especially to our younger generation. That's what I got today.
0: So do we awkwardly stare at you so you can get a good transition here?
1: Speaking of transitions.
0: Speaking of transitions,
1: uh, you want to introduce our special guest again? Yeah, next segment.
0: Well, this is this is where you take over the show. So, oh, okay. um, As you've uh, you've all heard. He has a background here, but he has a couple things he wants to talk about. And now, you really want to really want to hit home on the opioid crisis, right?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, there's a laundry list that Josh and I went over of topics, and okay. we thought tonight yeah, we talked about uh, the three levels of government: federal level, state level, and local level. And okay, then, and then different issues on it that. germane to each one of those levels and for tonight we thought we'd stay with a local issue and that would be the opioid crisis and and then how locally we respond to this particular issue and how it hits and affects
0: our communities okay yeah I i have quite a few little things on this too so this would be kind of fun to talk about um let's see i mean Do you want to kind of lead us into your experience with this and, of course, with your background? Sure. Well, um, I'll start with it was 2013.
2: It was uh, July 2013, and at that time I was working as a a pharmacist for a major chain here in central Indiana, and I was a a floater is what they referred to me as because I would fill in at whatever location needed staffing. So one day I could be in Richmond, Indiana, the very next day I could be in Terre Haute. The next day I could be in New Albany. And that's how itinerant the schedule was. So this time um, in 2013,
0: I was in Richmond. I was going to say two of those cities you named have really, really bad problems with the really huge problems with uh, opioids. All three of them do. Oh really? Okay oh, yeah. And uh, everywhere it does. So
1: that's yeah, a uh, national it's national crisis for sure.
2: Oh, it's it hits every community, and um, so there was a at the time it was a twenty year old and a nineteen year old female. They came in together, and they had been at the local doctor. Every, everybody that in the in in the pharmacy industry knew who this guy was, and all you saw coming out of his office was orders for Suboxone. So are you familiar with that drug? Yes. Okay. Yep.
1: I want to explain that to the audience Sorry, if they're yeah. not familiar.
2: Suboxone is um, a drug that is an opiate
0: mixed with
2: an anti-opiate.
0: So a lot of people in heroin, they, they use it uh, to come down as a kind of a, a halfway point, a step down, correct? Yes. It is. Suboxone contains two ingredients.
3: Is that like a patch that you put on and it glows on you?
2: Uh, no, that uh, uh, suboxone comes in a film that dissolves in. Your oh, mouth. okay. Yeah, or it can come in a tablet. I don't believe they really make the tablet, or they. It's prescribed very much anymore because of the the film formulation. But this is a suboxone. If you use it properly, you put the um, the film in it in your mouth and you let it dissolve and it absorbs across the lining of the mouth. And it delivers one of the two ingredients to the bloodstream. And that one ingredient that it delivers is buprenorphine, which is an opiate. And it replaces heroin or fentanyl or whatever illicit or even legal um, opiate that you're hooked on. Because you're taking, supposed to be taking suboxone because you have an opiate use disorder. Some people refer to it as addiction. Um,
1: that's definitely what we would refer to it as addiction. Right.
2: Uh, you know, so semantics. Uh, we're getting into semantics again. So the. Yeah. Um, I mean, one
0: sounds nicer, right? Right. It uh, does. And uh, that's and that's why they choose these words. Right. Because, you know. No one wants to be an addict. No, no one wants to have an addiction. Those things have negative connotations. Right. And
2: so. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll you'll see how that semantics plays a role in how insidious this is. So you're, re- you're replacing one opiate with another opiate. So I mentioned that there were two ingredients in Suboxone, and one absorbs across the lining of the mouth and is able to get into the bloodstream and then make its way to the brain. And it's at the brain stem. It's right at the top of the spinal cord as the spinal cord's transitioning into the rest of the brain. It's, that's the area that this drug needs to get delivered to, that buprenorphine needs to get to. Um, the second ingredient that's in suboxone, uh, it can absorb across the lining of the mouth, but it is processed in the liver so quickly that it is inactivated and not enough of it can remain in the bloodstream long enough to be delivered to that portion of the brain. And that second ingredient is naloxone and naloxone is the reversing agent that you give a person when they're overdosed. Right. That's the stuff you spray up their
0: nose. Yeah. Narcan. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I've, couple of friends who are firefighters and they, they work in some of the worst areas mm-hmm. and they say, you know, every single Friday they're Narcan in the same people. Yeah. They get their paycheck. Boom. Narcan Boom. that yeah. night. Yeah. So
2: Narcan, when you earn Naloxone, it, it, if you put Naloxone, if they would spray that in the person's mouth, it doesn't absorb across the lining of the mouth to a great extent. And then what does is processed by the liver so quickly That it's never has a chance to work, but if you spray it up their nose, well, that's a different kind of tissue up in your sinus passages. It's more permeable; more drug can get across that lining of that tissue faster Mm -hmm. and in greater amount. Yes, it's still processed by the liver, but the liver's not that quick, and it doesn't take you know if enough and enough Narcan can remain in the blood long enough to be delivered to the brain and displace the opiate that's causing the overdose. And so that's why it takes a a minute or so for the Narcan to work once you spray it up their nose. And I haven't personally witnessed it, but I've heard people talk about it that, yeah, they're they're down. They're blue in the face. The foam's coming out their mouth and the nose, and you zap them with some Narcan, and boom, they're up and
0: usually wanting to fight. Yeah,
2: they're <laughs> up swinging. Yeah, and so
0: um,
1: it's almost like an so, adrenaline shot in that way, I guess. Right. So
0: my question, um, and I understand if you you don't have the knowledge on this, and that's fine, um, but Narcan is supposed to cap off certain delivery points. To protect, to protect them from the drug that's there, right? And that, that's what I've, I've heard, I've read. Uh, it, but it, it wears off after a certain period of time. If you can't get that person, um, if you can't get that level down or you can't get them stabilized in an amount of time, they basically go right back into overdosing.
2: Narcan is uh, some of the drugs that people abuse have such a long half-life. Okay? okay? And so if Narcan and, let's say, the offending opiate, If Narcan and the offending opiate are present in the bloodstream at the same time, they're both competing for the same receptor site, the same location, but that location can only accommodate one or the other.
1: Like a traffic jam.
2: Right. And Narcan, even though it has a short half-life, and even though it's got this availability in the, you know, to get into the bloodstream long enough. But once it's in there, it's a bulldog and it'll push the offending drug out of the way. That's why it's useful for overdose. It's such a bully that it just literally pushes the other drug off the receptor site and then sits itself on the receptor site and prevents the offending drug from reestablishing attachment to the receptor site. So once Narcan kicks that offending opiate off the receptor site and positions itself there, positions itself on the receptor site, you are not experiencing overdose anymore because the drug isn't stimulating the receptor, the offending drugs, not stimulating the receptor site and Narcan will not allow the offending drug. But your liver is constantly filtrating the blood. And once the liver removes enough Narcan out of the blood, well, that Narcan that's occupying the receptor site's going to let go. And now that receptor site is vulnerable. And if the offending drug, if you've had enough of it or if it has a long enough half-life, it can reoccupy the receptor site and throw you right back in the overdose. Gotcha. So some, you know, the so suboxone is an is the combination of an active opiate, buprenorphine and the reversing agent naloxone. And they mix the two and the goal is to get you from stop using heroin, stop using oxycontin um fentanyl, whatever. And so they're they're trying to get you hooked instead of being hooked on these more powerful opiates. They're transitioning you to a less powerful opiate, but an opiate nonetheless. And they mix naloxone in with suboxone because if you use it inappropriately, you're going to run the risk of getting naloxone into the bloodstream, delivered to the brain, where that's going to throw you in the immediate withdrawal symptoms. Not only saves your life, but it'll also trigger withdrawal symptoms, and that's a major buzzkill. <laughs> so you know that's the, the, So this the the science behind it is the or not so much science. That's the science behind it. The, the, the politics behind it is they don't, they consider Suboxone an abuse deterrent formulation. So you, they mix it, put it in this film. And if you use that film properly, you're okay.
0: You're only addicted to it.
2: You're only addicted to the buprenorphine because the buprenorphine is Mm. only gets into the bloodstream. Naloxone doesn't go across the lining to a great extent. What does get across is so metabolized so quickly. So the buprenorphine is delivered. The naloxone's not. If you try to use Suboxone in any other way, some people have liquefied it and injected it. Well, of course, the naloxone's going to be in your bloodstream. So boom, the naloxone being the bully that it is, it's going to kick everything off, buprenorphine included, and that's going to be immediate withdrawal symptoms. And that's what they're trying to, that's what people are trying to avoid. When they say they go in to get a treatment for opiate addiction, okay, so what's the difference? You're still, you're trading one opiate for another opiate, and here's where the semantics comes in. And really um, what it boils down to is what's the difference between addiction and chemical dependence nothing yes there is of course according there is, according, really? according to the experts okay you know and and uh i'm not deemed an expert i've tried to explain this to politicians and whatnot and and my credentialing isn't strong enough to i'm not a uh, so i'm not res- whatever words come out of my mouth don't seem to hit home because i don't have the proper credentialing behind my name but nevertheless it doesn't mean what I say is accurate so um, the the way I uh, the way I distinguish between addiction and chemical dependence addiction has negative behaviors associated with it you don't brush your hair you don't brush your teeth you don't take a shower you don't eat regularly you don't pick up the kids from school, you don't, you know, you don't do normal things because you're spending all your time trying to go out and find more drug to feed your habit. And you stop doing all the things that a normal, healthy person would do in order to maintain themselves. So you don't, you, you smell bad, you look bad, and you just, you just, you just live
0: for the drug. You live for the drug. It's, it's like an alcoholic versus a functional alcoholic.
2: Right. And so that's exactly. And so, um, but to be treated with Suboxone, well, a successful treatment right now is considered, uh, yeah, you're still chemically dependent to the drug. If you don't get your opiate, you're going to suffer withdrawal symptoms and no one wants that. But at least you're combing your hair, you're brushing your teeth, you're picking up the kids from school, you're eating regularly. You can even hold a job. So you're treated. You're not addicted anymore. You're just chemically dependent. And, and that's where we are today um, in the healthcare community. And, uh, of course, People that work in the addiction treatment industry will not they, they they will they will describe their services in a different light than I do. I'm very, very critical of their their
0: services. Oh, it's it's interesting. Oh sorry, Dave, cut you off. Oh no, go ahead. It's it's inter- interesting because using chemical dependency as a word and then understanding that they don't they don't recognize certain medicines, um And what they do as chemically making you chemically dependent. For instance, I was on Zoloft for years, Mm -hmm. right? We all know, I mean, if you have someone on Zoloft and you take them off, they have massive withdrawal, depression, anxiety, sweats, all these different things, right? But they don't look at that as chemical dependency. Right. That's not something they look at as that, but it's like you've, because they prescribed it, right? They prescribed it. It's um, because it's prescribed, it's good. Mm -hmm. it's a legal drug it's yeah it's it's a good thing we we want to help you we want to help you well thank you thanks for helping me but if i don't come back in six months because of something and you don't prescribe me another i had this with a doctor i switched doctors mine retired Mm -hmm. and the next doctor um basically came from a background of chemical you know different uh abuse of drugs and she was like i need you here every three months or i'm not gonna write you another prescription and i went so you you got me addicted to a drug
3: they try to control you.
0: And I was like, you got me addicted to a drug. And now you're telling me I have to come back every three months or you won't give me that drug. Yeah. And the drug is to keep me from killing myself. Not saying I was going to, but just saying it's to keep me from having those dark moments where I think about it. And right. now you're going to cut me off from it, which you know will spike those at 10 times, 10 fold what they were before. Interesting. I like how you do that. Well played. Yeah. And they, and that's,
2: and yeah, so the, uh, antidepressants, uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors that's what a zoloft
3: is if you would have had a name like dr fauci maybe they would have listened to you but since you don't well and that's
2: that's what one senator from new albany told me you know he goes what's your background what credentialing do you have what licensing do you have well i'm a registered pharmacist is that all
0: well, I understand, chemi- I understand the chemicals. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And, and But, you know, did I have the MA? Did I have the PhD? Did I have the clinical background?
3: You, did you learn in Harbor, you know, and study in Harbor University or anything like that? Or he, right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you, you know, know.
1: they want a really expensive piece of paper behind your name yeah. to, in order to listen to you. And that's beyond ridiculous. Or, Beyond ridiculous. Or,
2: or a uh, an, or a position on an organizational chart, such as director or CEO or something like that.
1: But all too often, the people with those, not saying all of you, okay, if you're out there and you got those titles next to your name. But generally speaking, from my experience, I've met a lot of people with those titles next to their names, The higher-ups as they are. Uh, they're usually dumber than a box of rocks. Pretty
2: much. <laughs> just, just figureheads. <laughs> just figureheads. So. So here we are. Here or I am again back in uh, <laughs> in in Richmond in July of 2013, and these two females come walking in, and they have their orders for suboxone. And so, like I'm supposed to do, I pull up their record to review. Their, you know, the what other drugs are you taking, and how what long other, they've been taking it. How long they've been? How you been? How many doctors are you trying to get mm-hmm. this from, and whatnot? And I see that both of them have been on Suboxone for over a year, one longer than the other. But both of them had been over a year. And they're both going to the same doctor, which is the doctor that ordered it today. And, but, and I'm looking at the dose, and instead of going down, it's going up.
0: And <laughs> you're addicted to it. And we're going to keep feeding you more instead of taking instead of weaning you off of it. Oh, Fantastic. it gets better. Okay, yeah. So, um, the uh, um,
3: the reason they keep raising the the is because you get used to the ones that you've been getting. The right. low ones you've been getting, they're not going to work anymore after a while. So they have to raise the doses. Right, the dose, whatever you call it. <laughs>
2: and, and and Louis, you get right to the point, and that's one. Of, that's the secondary. That, but the primary thing was um, the. I call the doctor and ask him, what are you doing? What is the plan? And then he questions, you know, my authority. He says, well, who are you? And I'm like, well, you know, the state of Indiana very clearly says that I have a co-responsibility. My responsibility is equal and on par. I believe those are the words. That Indiana uses in licensing a pharmacist and charging them and a doctor with the responsibility of main of of dispensing control ordering and dispensing controlled substances. So, if it's a controlled substance, which is every prescri- every controlled substance is a prescription item, not every prescription is a controlled substance. So, some prescriptions I don't have the authority. But if it's a prescription and a controlled substance, the pharmacist has a co-equal as to the physician ordering it, and so yes, doctor, I am your peer, and you will, you know, talk with me. Um, so he, he finally recognizes that he said, and this is what he says: until Indiana Medicaid changes the way they reimburse me (laughs) i have no incentive to wean my patients off that drug wow wow and and that's what i said what what'd you say
0: and he repeated it (laughs) and so
1: makes you wish that you had a recorder right there yeah
0: let's let's keep treating it because it pays me instead of curing it right love i love medicine in america
3: i had a friend that was on vicodin's let's talk about vicodin's he was on Vicodin's. Um, he'd been taking them for about maybe five, six years. Long time. The pharmacist was telling him, look, you've been taking this for a long time. You, you know, you should be able to talk to your doctor and tell him to stop you, or I could talk to him. He called the, doc- the doctor. The doctor said, are you a doctor? You're only a pharmacist. So don't tell me what I could do with my patients or not. And he just kept giving them pills.
0: It's let's be honest. You're, you're a doctor. You have an office. Guess what comes in that office three to four times a week? Uh, a salesman, a sales rep of some sort, who's going to provide lunch for you and your staff, right? While they push mm-hmm. a pill. Uh, her, her
1: name is likely Beth Sheba. So they're
0: going to bring you. They're going to bring you yeah. lunch, and uh, you're going to either uh, take the deal on the pill or, or what you're going to do. But you're going to push that because you're going to get kickbacks. And again, you're going to treat and get money from Medicaid, they, right? And they insurance they get
3: paid for that. The right. more pills they give you, the more they get paid for it. You know, right.
2: and that and that's uh, um, so the the doctor was saying, yes, I need to keep, I I need to, make, I'm protecting my revenue stream. No, that's what the doctor's saying. And my and then you're right, Louie, in that over the year you get used to a dose, and and if you if you don't, if that opiate doesn't increase, then there's, and you become accommodated to that dose, then any deviation or even just doing the normal thing, your body can start to feel withdrawal symptoms because of what the message is that that drug is sending to the nerve cells. And then what those nerves, what that, how those nerve cells interpret that message. And so, Eventually, uh, over time, the, the the target cell is not going to be able to hear that message as well because you've only got it at a certain volume. Mm-hmm. You're only taking a certain volume. And then over time, well, the hearing of that cell kinds tends to degrade, and that volume isn't strong enough for the cell to to work right. so it starts to feel funny. And then that's where these withdrawal symptoms come in. So you need more, you need to increase the volume so the cell can hear it again. And then the symptoms of withdrawal go away. So that's kind of a, 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 a way to think of, well, why were these doses increasing? And so what is the goal then of this treatment? And, you know, so Indiana has initially stated it, it addressed this legislation in or addressed this issue. Uh, I believe it was 2017 it was the first time Indiana put something in law, Indiana state law. And initially it said um, Detoxification. Was the was the goal of of opiate addiction treatment, and so semantics? What's detoxification?
0: Right. What's what's the threshold? Well, we're not going to give you a threshold, correct? Well,
2: detoxification it was meant it was supposed to mean um, that you will abstain. They wouldn't use the word abstinence, and so that you will refrain from using opiates for recreational purposes, or whatever. Um, And, but so instead of using abstention or abstain or whatever, they would use detoxification. Well, the treatment industry, that's bad for business. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So current language now has been added. It's been those those laws, what those initial laws of 2017 have been amended to include... Maintenance therapy. And what is maintenance therapy? The, the, the treatment industry considers maintenance therapy is that it, the, the person that's addicted or the person that's chemically dependent, it's up to them to determine when they will stop using and, they, and that the healthcare industry will maintain their need And or well, their want not it's not a need, it's a want the main that they will maintain their want to stay to keep continue using this drug. And that's translating into increasing amounts of Medicare and Medicaid dollars. They're taking they're taking the taxable tax uh, the taxing authority of the instrumentality of government. And using more and more of our tax dollars to maintain a revenue stream for the treatment industry, which means they're garnering more and more people as their herd, their maintenance herd. So you've got herds of people now and they're more than happy because they're, it allows them to lead the lifestyle that they were still leading. Legally, legally. And then they can sell it, and so now we go. This rabbit hole is in deep, and so people go in, and and they'll go to the, especially the ones that are covered through a government program, and they get these medications on the cheap. And it's been four or five years now since I've been active. So, uh, as selling as, as a pharmacist, I gave up my license. I had made me sick. There's a story about how I, how that that my last day of working as a pharmacist. Josh, I think you saw the video.
1: Yes, I did. Yeah.
2: So,
0: the um, uh, uh, is it is it somewhere where is it public? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's on it's on YouTube. Anything you, I mean, anything you want to share? Or yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm proud. Good, of, I'm good, good. proud of. You know, if we want to tell everybody, so they can, after they're done here, they can go check out the video. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. The the uh, well, the it was I was working. For, uh, well, can I say the name of the company?
1: I
2: guess I
0: could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about the video
1: now, I so mean, if, we're, if we're yeah, I mean, this is a this is a if video factual work. things, so I, they, they they can't deny. Well, that's factual true. things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The,
2: the the video is part of a WTHR uh, news report. Um,
3: Before you start, do you know anybody that? got cured or decided to leave
2: no personally no
3: they stayed hooked on it well you don't
2: you don't really get to know when you're an itinerant pharmacist you're floater you don't really get to know people and but here's here's the story about what people are doing on the cheap and then i'll talk about the the last day Mm -hmm. that uh there was a again in richmond The state hospital, once the state hospital system kind of was dismantled, well, those people that were using the state hospital needed to go live somewhere. And so now they live in apartment complexes and they're monitored. So instead of living in state hospital, they live in apartment complex, those that are capable. And this one particular person was using that store in Richmond, CDS. And... uh, that I'm working at that store again in Richmond and she calls me on the phone and she's a nice person, but she's, um, she's, she was older than me and, but she was like a, an adolescent in,
0: in the way she spoke. Her and grasp, her grasp of social yeah. skills and things.
2: Yeah. So she, she was capable of living on her own to a point and whatnot. And, but she called and she was very upset and she told me and she knew the guy's name you need to co- stop selling that suboxone to so-and-so because he's out in my hallway in my apartment complex selling it and the people that come in to buy it from him are scary and i'm afraid to go out of my apartment so stop selling suboxone to so-and-so so i look up so-and-so and so-and-so is getting suboxone on medicaid and at the time, at the t- he didn't pay for his supply of suboxone. So he's going to the doctor lying about the withdrawal symptoms, so the doctor's <laughs> going to continue to write the order. He might take enough suboxone for it to show up in a urine test. But when it comes down to it, he's selling it, and he's selling it in the hallway. And so that woman that I'm talking about here. She, you know, I said, "I well, I'll do what I can." And so I've been doing what I can since 2013. It's 10 years now, and uh, I've my first public comment was in front of Patricia Miller's Senator Patricia Miller. She's been replaced by Aaron Freeman. So that's uh, State Senate District 32. And at the time in 2013, Patricia Miller was still state senator and she was chairing an interim study committee on Medicaid or uh, mental health and drug addiction. And October 1st was the day she called, she invited me in to testify. That was a meeting. I think it was the second meeting, might have been the third meeting of the committee. And um, she called me in s- and I was allowed to testify on October 1st, 2013 in front of that interim study committee and talked about Suboxone, talked about these two instances out there in Richmond. then um, that led to an opportunity to work with Senator Brant Hirschman and we uh, he introduced a bill. Then that um, he, he asked me, he goes, what do you want to see in this bill? And so I gave him like a laundry list of like 14 points and handed it in. And about a week later, here it comes in bill form. And like, wow, that's pretty cool. But then that was um, 2014 when we started working on that. And then the 2015 legislative session, it got mutilated in committee and so he pulled it, and then he reintroduced it in 2016, and it got kind of refurbished. And what came out of it, well, my 14 or so points only got two.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they replaced it with what they call earmarks, I believe. Right? Well,
2: well, no, they just they just whittled it down to what everybody could agree with, and it, and it, and what it, you know what it came out. Um, was, well, I was pretty proud of it actually. I mean, because no one voted against it in the House committee. No one voted against it on the House floor. Same in the Senate. So no one voted against this bill. And what the two things that it did was it said that Indiana is going to have to adopt guidelines for for doctors to follow for their office-based opiate treatment program so that, you know, Joe Schmo doctor can start treating uh, drug-addicted, opiate-addicted people in his office. Because prior, prior to the introduction of Suboxone, which was part of the Data 2000 Federal Drug Act, which was sponsored by Joe Biden.
0: Nice. Uh,
2: So Joe Biden uh, sponsors Data 2000, the Drug Addiction Treatment Act of 2000, Data. And um, it was to redo opiate addiction treatment in america prior to data 2000 your only option for opiate addiction treatment was a methadone clinic and that is a federally ran program it's not ran by the state and you don't go to your pharmacy to get your orders filled and you don't know you don't go to your local doctor to get treated this federal program it's it's a it's an
0: animal in and of itself well, big gears are always bad right small gears locally are a lot easier to control right so supposedly so <laughs> fair enough <laughs> so the so data 2000
2: rolls along and it opens up opiate addiction treatment as a new market and and but they didn't have a drug methadone was the only accepted drug uh, professionally and so they revive buprenorphine which had been originally prescribed on the market as a pain drug back in the 80s. It had been first synthesized in the 60s, and it sat on the drug. It's 65, I believe. They, they first man-made, uh, they make buprenorphine in 1965. It sits on the shelf of the drug company for four years before they get a patent or before they find a use for it patented in 65 first use in 69 that's over in the UK and then it comes to America in 81 and is approved for use in America in 81 as a pain drug and but it's it's got it's a, considered a partial agonist rather than a full agonist like heroin or methadone or fentanyl or oxycontin so a full agonist versus a partial agonist. And what's the difference? Well, the ceiling effect. You know, the ceiling effect on heroin is death. You can keep taking heroin and you can keep loving it and you can take more and you love it even more and you take more and you love it even more. You take more and you're dead. Well, buprenorphine is you can take it, it can work. You take more of it, it might work. You take more of it and it don't work no more. You take more of it, still don't work, but you're not dead. It doesn't, it's, it's much harder to overdose to death on buprenorphine because it's a partial agonist. And so it's considered safer. That's why it's, was chosen to satisfy the drug that dated 2000 for doctors to treat opiate addiction in their office based setting rather than through a federally ran methadone clinic. um, They didn't, they weren't going to allow doctors to use methadone because it's a full agonist. And so they needed a drug and they didn't have one. And buprenorphine finally won approval as the drug to satisfy data 2000 in the year 2002. So Joe Biden's legislation was passed and they didn't have a drug. The drug industry looks at buprenorphine that's been sitting around on the shelf languishing since 81 because here in the United States, because it sucks as a pain medicine and it died. It, 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 nothing, no one used it cause it was terrible pain relief. And, uh, they dust that pig off, put on some new lipstick, slap a new dress on it and they sell it as Suboxone. And here we are, uh, today. And, um, uh, so, uh, there's, uh, I, I don't want to, I, I, I can keep going. Josh knows I can keep going. Right, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> how are we doing to, on time? Uh,
1: we, we do have to get into the, the, the last portion of the show, but uh, um, I think we've been downloaded on a lot of information here.
0: No, I, I love this, and, yeah. and that's why I'm kind of sad we need get to the other yeah. section. But I really
1: well, want you well, to. am certainly we're going to have David back a lot. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I just I just want to make
0: sure we go ahead and just any keywords or whatever we can say to get people to go watch the video. Um, that's huge. I don't know if we really, um, was, are there it any is, keywords they can search? Though? CVS Greenfield pharmacy robbery. Okay. It's and it,
1: it's relatively easy to find. Cause when he gave me the, the, he gave me the link, but I, I, I went independently and went to search it myself and was able to find it. Can you
0: drop the link in the description? Or? I will. Yes. Perfect. I'll do that. Yeah. It was 28. Link in the description. It was
2: 2018. The same location got hit again in 21, but I, by then I had already been terminated. So gotcha.
1: Yes, yes, so you need this. They don't, they don't have you to <laughs> do that transition while everybody was talking. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> so,
1: yeah. And you got the charging cable next to you if you need it. It should be good. Okay. Okay, so
0: speaking of addicts, I'm going to go ahead and start this off with uh, our America's favorite addict, Hunter Biden. <laughs> right? He's the only one who can actually uh, – Measure it all out right in front of us and tell his hooker she's wrong uh, on what was actually (laughs) measured out there. So, uh, and get away with it. But anyway.
1: What is this, Parmesan cheese? (laughs) Uh, Nope,
0: hmm. nope. uh, The Parmesan cheese in the bowl. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, uh, speaking of all the things he gets away with, we have an article here from Town Hall. Why did Hunter Biden get a pass when this rapper got years in prison? And so it uh, says, yesterday, the Department of Justice announced Hunter Biden will serve no time in federal prison after lying on a firearm background check from when he was addicted to Parmesan cheese. No, crack. Definitely crack. All the crack. If you've ever seen him. All of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so. I just I hate that they always follow up with a picture of Hunter Biden smiling when you know that is father Fake teeth and veneers because you know most of them have fallen out of his head. Anyway, yeah. uh, that's well,
1: why. They, well, the evidence is on the laptop from hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: the deal isn't sitting well with Bradford Cohen, an attorney for rapper Kodak Black. According to Cohen, Black committed essentially the same crime as Hunter Biden and went to prison for it. All right, so we're going to get a little quote here. Rapper Kodak Black has been sentenced to 46 months in federal prison, according to the Miami Herald. The rapper pleaded guilty to weapons charges from his arrest ahead of his Miami Rolling Loud festival performance in May. Rolling Stone reports the 22-year-old artist, whose real name is Bill K. Capri, could have received a maximum of 10 years in prison. His lawyers pushed for 37 to 44 months or fewer, while the state requested 46 to 57 Again, semantics when you're talking a few months, right? Um, Additionally, Capri was accused of falsifying information on federal forms to purchase three firearms from a gun shop in Miami. According to Rolling Stone, authorities claimed one of those weapons was found at the scene of a shooting in uh, Pompano Beach, Florida. I'm not from there. Don't judge me or judge me. I don't care. Yeah. Um, so, just t- leave it in the comments. Real quick, two tiers of justice. Kodak was charged for the same crime, got over 3 years. Mr. Biden will not serve a day. Feels right? <laughs> do federal, do FBI agents and federal authorities take cases personally, go and post it on his Instagram page. So, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Two tiers, three tiers. How many how many tiers of justice do we have in America? Do we poor people, rich people and political people? We got two. The rich get out the poor go in.
3: That's why you got the president. He's got pool over everybody out there. Plus he's got the money. Who knows how many people he probably bought out to get his son out of what he's in. Because they took a long time. They were looking for ways of finding ways of getting him out of what he got into. And now they finally found the remedy to get them out. And it's not right because people with money and rich people, they get away with murder. Look at OJ. He got away. So there's two standards. The rich get out, the poor goes in.
1: I'd say with uh, with, with uh, Kodak or, or Bill as he's uh, known commonly, I guess is what it said. Mr. Capri. Mr. Capri, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: William <laughs> K. Caprice. my guess is with, with
1: being a rapper and I, I'm I'm thinking that he's probably f- fairly well known I don't listen to a whole lot of modern hip hop but I, I have heard the name before so I'm thinking that he's probably got some pretty good revenue stream coming in um, so he wouldn't say he's uber rich but probably not rich enough right He's just, no, he's not, just not rich, rich enough now he's, he's in
3: jail enough. teaching so, the prison is that a rap
0: <laughs> well, I, always, I, you know, I always look at it as three tiers. I always look at it as the the poor people who don't have a chance; they barely even have any kind of representation, right? And then you have the rich people who have the representation; they may serve some uh, country club prison time, or they may buy themselves out, but at least they'll get convicted and it goes on their record, right? And then you have the politicians who it doesn't even go on their record, <laughs> you know? Yeah,
1: or in this case, the son. They just strike the it guy. down.
0: They just strike it down. They just go; so, it didn't exist. What do we do about it? What do we do about it? Um, <laughs> I, I got, I, well, here's what I think.
2: <laughs> I knew you. <laughs> so, um, it's, our, it's our fault. It's our fault that we have two two tears or three tears, or that we're even talking about tears. It's our fault.
0: Are we talking about the ones tattooed on our faces from prison time? Those kind of tears. Perfect. And I think that's what those mean. Okay. yeah,
2: yeah I yeah. yeah. the. I only have one because I'm yeah. in that bottom tier yeah, yeah. so those <laughs> yeah, those tiers have something to do with prison time but i'm not sure what all that means but the um our second amendment you, you guys have you do you know how it starts I was so afraid you were like you know what the second amendment is right but like, do you, do you know that's do how what are gonna say to us do you know how it starts no go ahead it's got i think it's got 26 words in it if I'm not mistaken, that's it. It's only got 26 words and it starts off with, and it's all one sentence. So it's meant to be Some, read as a sentence. Something about bears in their amputation of their arms or something. Close. Okay, fair enough. Um, but way different. The, um, it starts off with a well-regulated militia being, uh, I think I have it here on my phone, but being necessary wallpaper for
1: um, I think it's uh, there's a comma right after militia is that right
2: yeah because the, yes. the way they wrote
1: that's the important part is that comma
2: well that's the way they wrote back then and so we're applying modern grammar to they didn't have grammar like we have grammar today so their writing style so we're, we're grading their writing with modern grammatical rules and that's invalid that's an invalid comparison.
1: I was thinking that, that we're all the militia.
2: Well. Uh, based, based on that comma. Yeah, I'll get, yeah. So uh, here it is. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Okay, so where's our well-regulated militia? A well-regulated militia doesn't give a gun to every Tom, Dick and Harry. So furthermore, state of Indiana has a constitution, article 12 of our state constitution and establishes the Indiana state militia. And everyone that's 17 years or older is automatically a member of that militia. We All of us in this room are members of the Indiana State Militia. So did you guys, (laughs) most people are not aware of Article 12 of our state constitution. And the governor is the leader of the state militia, and he is to appoint an adjutant, I can't say that word, adjutant general to be the administrative head, but the governor is the, Supreme, uh, as the uh, commander in chief. And so this state militia is not the national guard because our state constitution does not allow our state militia to be nationalized. It only reports to the governor. So where, and so where is this militia that's well regulated? And why are all these crackpots being able to get access to guns? Now I'm a gun loving person.
0: I'm a crackpot.
2: And 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 I know and I know some crackpots that so I knew I know of a kid that had that's got it's bipolar. And if he if he takes his medicine, he's cool. But if he doesn't take his medicine, he 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 can he's mostly mania mania, not depression. And by gosh, he got a gun. And there's a group of us guys that we get together periodically and You know, he, uh, part of this group at one point and everybody, and this group of guys, they all pack, they're all packing heat. They got one on the hip and one on the, on their uh, ankle. And he comes into the store. It's a cigar store, by the way. And, um, so we're sitting around and shooting a Breeze and. Sure. Packing the heat wasn't the lighter. Well,
0: they have those too. Good. Yeah, they I like the torches. They, the torches. The right? torches, yeah,
2: they do. Yeah. So he he comes into the store and he and he goes he goes to the rest and he, he he would come in frequently and they had found his firearm in the bathroom on the shelf, and they were giving him crap about it. And so he comes in that one another day and uh, he had the gun on his hip. And went to the restroom. Comes out of the restroom, and about twenty minutes later, he's, has anybody seen my gun? Oh my gosh! Mm. So I, I haven't heard the story yet from the guys, but you know, and I know the kid. The kid's a nice kid, and he and he's a, he wants to be, you know, and he wants he wants to exercise all these freedoms, but really. Does he need to have access? Does a well, would a well-regulated militia issue a firearm to that person? A well, In my mind, a well-regulated militia would not do that. Because, you know, yeah, we have second amendments, but then those second amendments can be used to take your uh, natural rights away, like life. So, uh, no, not everybody needs to gain access and fully exercise their franchise at the second amendment whenever they want to, they need to be regulated and well-regulated. There are times where that that young man needs to be carrying a firearm. And then there are times where that young man does not need to be carrying a firearm and that needs to be well-regulated. So that firearm isn't left on the shelf in the
0: public bathroom. Do you see the steps here? Do you see like, you see the Russian nesting doll here, the, the militia needs to be regulated, but that person needs their medicine so that they're regulated and they're part of the militia. I'm sorry. That's, that's where I was going the whole time. I was like, Oh, he can be a part of the, if he's well regulated medically, pharmaceutically, he can be part of the militia.
2: Yeah. So I, all I'm saying, I guess so wrap that right. I like to monopolize, but the, um, the, to wrap it up is for what, from my point, and then I'll be quiet is that, um, this is already, in my mind, it's already established in our Constitution, both the federal Constitution and the state Constitution. And why is our civil society not utilizing these tools that have been established?
1: Well, I can say this. I heard shall not be infringed, and so I'm going I'm to make sure that I know that I'm going to own as many uh, firearms as I can get my hands on because at some point, we talk, like talk about those rights could be taken away. I uh, I want the, I want I want I'm not going to get a sweetheart deal, like uh, like Hunter Biden. Um, so if if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out swinging uh, or or uh, shooting as it were, with as, with as much firepower as, as it is that as I can handle, because uh, I have big our God given rights. I was born with them. Thank God we were born in America, where we can enjoy them truly enjoy them. Uh, so yeah, and 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 hopefully we don't end up like.
2: Well Hunter, right now with our uh, current legal Mr. Kodak system. Black. With all of our current legal system, Hunter gained access to that gun legally. But did he really need it? Did yeah, he his girlfriend up?
0: threw it in a garbage can. Crushman yeah. Elementary School. It's okay.
3: Yeah. And that uh, bipolar, you know what I will use them for? When we're having a war and we're out there fighting? I give him a gun, I say, go kill all you want. That's the best. That's the only time you give him a gun. Well, yeah, and, and <laughs> that's, a, that's a solution. And he would and he and
2: he would do that
0: because you condoning murder.
1: Mm. Well, I'm not saying that that's the solution. I'm saying that's a solution. That's in case of a bull. All I heard was Josh say, eh, "Murder, cool." Faith in my politics. Revolver broadcasting does not endorse murders.
0: All I know is Josh said he does. He, he knows he's not going to get a free a sweetheart deal. Exactly. Which means he's going to go to prison where people try to make him a sweetheart. Uh, so
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> why I'm going out shooting. <laughs> so speaking of rich people,
0: uh,
2: <laughs> Can you say date
1: rape? <laughs> oh no. <Exactly. laughs> so.
0: <laughs> and that's the date you're going in, like the actual date. Right. Uh, so, this uh, is
1: too pretty for prisons. It's not, it's not <laughs> <laughs> You'll be a hit. There's a reason he's in the back row. Uh, so
0: speaking of rich people and misallocation of funds, uh, Wall Street windfall, BlackRock tap to rebuild Ukraine's economy. This comes from Breitbart. Are they are reputable? Yeah. <laughs> of course they are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ukrainian President <clears throat> Volodymyr Zelensky. I'm so tired of saying that name. Aren't we, aren't we all? Is, is tapping Wall Street firms like BlackRock and J.P. Morgan to help garner private and public investments to rebuild Ukraine amid its war with Russia. Why would I want to rebuild it amid the war? Screw you. So, Get it over with. So they can blow it up again. Yeah. Screw you. We'll rebuild when it's over like we did Japan. Um, so <laughs> through the Ukraine Development Fund. Oh, it's named. Mm-hmm. That's fancy. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy's not doing it. Darn thing! I that ah, there we go. Good through the Ukraine <laughs> Development Fund, BlackRock and J.P. Morgan will mobilize capital from pri- mobilize capital from private and public sector investors toward rebuilding the Ukrainian economy, according to CNN. <laughs> well, bright Bart, why'd you do that? Uh, I don't want to hear what CNN has to say. As financial investors admit, they see the fund as a lucrative windfall. CNN reports private investors see a tremendous opportunity to invest in Ukraine's post-war future. According to Stefan Weiler, JP Morgan's head of debt capital markets for central and Eastern Europe, the Middle East and Africa. It's an opportunity to socialize the idea of the fund and its mission, which is to attract as much private sector capital into the reconstruction of Ukraine as possible. Said Brandon Hall, co-head of BlackRock's financial markets advisory arm. Uh, You know,
3: I, Is he a Democrat?
0: I want to give I want to give you two little quick things here, and then we'll 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 start talking. Wall Street's involvement in helping in helping English uh, to rebuild Ukraine comes as journalist James O'Keefe published footage of BlackRock employee Sergei Varley, or sorry, probably Serge. Uh, we're going to say Sergei Varley. Serge. He calls it Serge. Uh, saying the country's war with. Russia is good for business. I'll give an example. Russia blows up Ukraine's grain silos. The price of wheat is going to go mad up. The Ukrainian economy is tied very largely to the wheat market, global wheat market. Uh, Varley said, prices of bread, you know, literally everything goes up and down. This is fantastic if you're trading. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's the excuse for them laundering our tax dollars through Ukraine. They've got wheat.
2: Got Yay! And, and like you said, it's good for business, and that's and so that's that's how financiers have always looked at conflict, at war, and that you know the the Rothschilds, the Warburgs, the old money from
3: Europe, they, they would use f- they use war to
2: make so, money.
0: So yeah. you so you pitch an idea such as they have wheat to a country that complains about being gluten intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> Like we have the highest amount of gluten allergy of any any country in the world and we're like but they have wheat guys but they have wheat and like 30% of our country's like yo wheat doesn't work yeah my god it's <laughs> another my all, all wheat does is help um, the plumbers <laughs> right <laughs> uh, and
1: we have plenty the thing is is there's plenty of wheat in this country there's plenty of wheat coming from Africa actually believe it or not there's more than enough in other countries we don't need it from Ukraine it's a, big, it's a big waste of time. It's just an excuse. It's just like when they take your tax dollars to say, well, uh, they'll just say, well, we'll just say it's for roads and they'll keep giving us their money because we, we all, all need roads. That, yeah, we, <laughs> we, all, we all know that they, they do a fantastic job of keeping our roads, uh, you know, safe and and potholeless. you know, that's, it's,
0: that's why they charge us with four wheel drive more. <laughs> how dare you have four wheel drive? Well, I wouldn't have four wheel drive if your roads were actually taken care of with yeah, my, wheels, my wheel. My wheel tax you're making I me need pay to
1: be able to get over those gigantic holes that are in the road that you never fix with my money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's that's the thing. I think that big big money, like those financiers, they know how to play that game. They use they can manipulate the politicians to utilize the the uh, war machine of a government. Which costs money to run that machine.
0: That machine destroys things like wheat fields, which all, all while turning around and, and using futures and the stock market to to make
1: money. Exactly. And 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 to incentivize it. And shaking hands, BlackRock and the and, and the federal government. Hand oh, yeah. in hand. Absolutely. Hand in hand. It's 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 reminiscent of Halliburton and the federal government. During the Bush uh, Cheney administration, it's the same exact thing. History is literally repeating itself in front of everyone, and I'm here to tell you, we need to pay attention to this stuff because BlackRock owns a lot of real estate, a lot of uh, pretty much everything. If you're if you're picking it up and using it, they probably have a uh, a sharehold in it. They, they they they're like the third largest holder in uh, in just about. Everything, out the Disney, uh, um, Netflix, uh, anything you enter, are entertained by, they're 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 in on it.
0: Yeah, they have enough to have a, a push on the board.
1: Exactly, Absolutely. they have a sway, and, and they do the same thing with federal government.
0: And <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked. You know, I
2: don't know how accurate this is, but I'll go out on a limb. I think it's right that they're using companies like shell companies. Mm-hmm. It won't necessarily say BlackRock on it, but BlackRock owns them, and they, and these companies are these residential. I'll buy your house, mm-hmm. you know. That's exactly
1: where I was going. Yep. So
2: a lot of the properties, and I know this because I did some canvassing uh, here in Marion County, and uh, you look at the property cards, and they're out-of-state real estate firms based in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. So I'm thinking of one. I showed you a picture of it. It's of usually
1: things. from a P.O. box, too. A lot of, a lot of those things will say P.O. Yeah. business is located in a P.O. box.
2: Right. And it's tight office space. And the, uh, <laughs> but the you know that company owns that house here in Marion County over on 79th off the of 79th and Township Line Road, so, um, they and then they turn around and rent these properties out, and then the people that
3: want to own
1: it allows them to further launder money and become even richer. Right.
3: Yeah. Me and Josh was talking about it not too long ago. Right. We yep. the other day we was talking about. Uh, them sending letters to the house, and I've been getting the same letters too. They want to be to sell my house. And-
0: I mean, but they they do it into the, into the actual vinyl villages as well. I mean, there are a lot of rules written into a lot of vinyl village HOAs and things like that to prevent these companies from from owning more than X percent of a certain neighborhood, right? But then when you have things like BlackRock, where BlackRock is actually partially owned by other investment companies that are just as bad as they are, right? I they kind of, they own that. each other. So what ends up happening is you have BlackRock come in by their 30% and then they hit a cap and HOA says, well, okay, you can't own any more of this, com- this, this neighborhood because you have too much power on the board. So then, the, you know, someone yeah, like who was- works with them buys some as well. And then this is how everything works, right? So they, they yeah. buy enough of every single thing, even homes to where they can manipulate the rules. Mm-hmm. And they're working together, even though they're separate companies. So, what can you do, right? And you can't really tear them down because
1: labels on the same entity.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: that's how you, that's it. For, like I said, further how you launder money. Uh, you, you just you just each keep, other. Yeah.
0: Hey, Josh. Oh, thank you, Josh. Yeah. Hey, Louie.
1: It's all, it's all, you know, I don't get in? We'll,
0: we'll put you in some point.
1: Okay. All right. Three, two shows. Guys, two right. shows. I got it. Two <laughs>
0: shows you can get in the money laundering. I, that's cool. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, Patriot Act. Uh, no money laundering here. <laughs> Nothing to see. <laughs> Hi, everybody <laughs> and you too. Um, so, um, but the thing is like Ukraine, right? Why? We got it. We definitely went after BlackRock there. We should, they deserve it. But Ukraine asking for more money, more money, and more money, and more money, especially after we accidentally undervalued the weapons we gave them. So we have to give them more um that's fantastic but
3: it's funny that everybody else destroys these countries but yet the united states has to come in and pay and rebuild
2: right well it's it it's a kind of a proxy war like vietnam i mean we didn't go into vietnam necessarily to win we had all these rules of engagement you couldn't bomb in, in laos you couldn't bomb in cambodia you 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 had Bombing restrictions on Hanoi, you know, you couldn't unleash the full might of the military. So you went in there and you wasted our military lives and mm-hmm. our resources and our blood pe- on this, on this nonsense. You know, the military is to kill people and break things and it's not to just to be kind of, if you're going to be timid, yeah, you're yeah. Be timid. Yeah. If you're going to unleash the thing, unleash it and, and then let it go do what it does. And that what it does is horrific
3: but Vietnam uh, it, um, the reason um, Vietnam, it, it was a, a military it was a military war. It really wasn't even a war. And um, the reason the we lost is because these people were fighting underground, coming up on us. We, it was a different warfare. But we lost that war. We, we, you might as well say we lost. And, we, and then we had to go and rebuild exactly and did, I, I, and Vietnam and put their forests back up and houses and
2: and we had the opportunity to give Ukraine offensive weapons and we
1: didn't. Yeah, I have a solution. Instead of sending all this money and these weapons over there, we just send them thousands of boxes of Hello Kitty band aids and call it a day.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and I hear that we have a, another
0: article. I mean, we do, but I was, you know, we were talking about Vietnam and I just thought, you know, we'd go from that and just say, speaking of other things that have imploded, um, (laughs) U.S. Coast Guard states all five aboard uh, lost Titan submersible are dead. And this is coming to us from the post-millennial. I hate to make jokes, but that's just how it is. I mean, unfortunately, um, sometimes they bomb, sometimes they implode. Uh, The U.S. (laughs) US Coast Guard (laughs) confirmed on Thursday that those who were aboard the Titan submersible are now dead. That's very straightforward. They're now dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, a spokesperson said that the debris that was found shows that the Titan passengers could not have survived the destruction of the pressure chamber. A remote operating vehicle discovered the debris on Thursday morning. In consultation with experts from within the Unified Command, the debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. The Coast Guard immediately reached out to the families and offered their condolences. The Titan was approximately 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titan. I'm sorry, of the Titanic on the seafloor. The investigation is still ongoing and comes after debris from the wreckage, including the rear cover and landing frame were found. An ROV is continuing operations on the seafloor. Debris compromising the totality of the pressure chamber was found. So basically they went down, probably a crack in it somewhere, some kind of weak point and imploded. And uh, I think the biggest part of this for me has been the simple fact that they've known this for days and days. And days. And granted, people are going to say, well, they had to make sure, right? You yeah. can't just go off the sound that one person on a boat hears or one person in a submarine hears um, or the sound that those people didn't hear. Uh, but, <laughs> but still, they knew for days. And instead, they said, those people probably are running out of oxygen. Yeah. And then meanwhile, a whole lot of bad things are passing through while we're watching a, a news story that, I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk here because everybody's life, I, I'm st- I'm bummed that they passed away. That's really awful. I'm not one of those people like, oh, they're rich. Who cares? No.
1: We'll, we'll pray for their families at the end of the show. Absolutely.
0: And, But this it's the simple fact that we watched as these these lives supposedly were hanging in the balance as the Hunter Biden stuff slides through and all this other stuff slides through and doesn't make the, the news rounds. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking and, and bounce it out to you guys real quick.
1: Well, it's kind of like the, here's what's going on in the left hand. Don't pay attention to the right hand. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right.
2: Here's the shiny object. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, yeah, the, the the Titan, the guy that uh,
0: was this the the CEO was on board. He was on board. So, and, you know, and that's why I hate when people are like, "Well, it's the shoddy workmanship of the." First of all, they've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, and then second of all, why would the CEO go two and a half miles down well, <laughs> if that, if he was if it was shoddy? He said in an interview a couple of
2: years ago. That he's breaking the rules in constructing this machine, uh, this machine by using uh, carbon fiber and titanium in constructing the pressure hull, which every all the experts in the industry said, no, you don't do that. And he's being brash and cavalier and saying, well, I'm taking risks. You know, I'm I'm breaking the rules, and you know that I'm I'm an entrepreneur, so. You know, uh, yeah, it's terrible that he died. But
1: Sorry. I'm all for taking risks, but when but should they should have tested it with, you know, not people. Well, they they've they've made trips. I mean, but not not this not to these depths. Okay, uh, and the certification. And here's the other thing: because they said they they've been told, taking people to the also, Titan. They were also told. Yeah. Um. They were also told to use rivets and not bolts. They still went with bolts. Rivet seal. Bolts can be rattled and under pressure can even break.
2: In that interview that he did a couple of years ago, um, I read this in a different article. He was bragging about how he's using a $30 game controller. Logitech. Yeah, Logitech game controller. In RV parts. As we all know, right.
1: Logitech, that's top of the line. Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> to, to steer the machine. mm mm-hmm. That's to tell you, you can't depend on any machines. Machines break down just like humans break down, you know? Can't depend on them. It's a shame that that happened.
1: Yeah, I mean... He shouldn't
3: even even be taking uh, risks with life, people, doing things like that. You know, that's, that's, that's wrong what he did, you know? He got all those people killed for just to prove a point about something that he think it was right.
1: Well, and furthermore, he, uh, it's like David was talking about, he pushed away these ideas that they're telling him, like this is what works. The mm-hmm. uh, reason he pushed those ideas away is because the ideas were coming from middle-aged white men. He was too focused on the, the what we call DEI, or diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. um, which I'm all for if you want to include people. But, you know, if as you're working on a project, you want the best.
0: Yeah, as long as you're the best. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't matter.
1: What color you are, yeah. or, or how young or old? I don't
0: you are. color. I don't care what color the hands are cutting into my abdomen, but I want them to be the most skilled hands, right? Period. <laughs> you know
1: exactly. I want an A student when I go to the doctor, right? I don't want the C student. <laughs> I do not want the C. Hey,
0: student. hey, the last person in the class, the graduating class, <laughs> you know, for their for their doctorate, is still called doctor.
1: <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I just and, don't and, want them cutting on me. And that's the problem. So, so he's he, he purposefully hired. Young people, uh, uh, in, a, in a, of a diverse crowd, but they didn't necessarily have any of the credentials, and and and, and that definitely didn't have the uh, the knowledge, as per their death. I mean, he he just they had depth.
0: Is f- that depth? <laughs> Sorry. The depth, of their depth? Sorry, depth. Sorry, water jokes. Depth, it, it works Ocean both jokes. ways.
1: Um, unfortunately, and there these lives could have been saved. They could have prevented this. If they had just listened to reason, like I said, risks, take risks all day long, not on human life, not on human life. I mean,
0: just imagine how confident you would be though. Like you, you smack down your quarter of a million dollars and the CEO is like, I'm going with you. And you're like, yeah, the CEO is going on CEO is going. I'm good. Like he's not going to put himself in harm's way.
1: I'm mean, going to think about this. Like Elon Musk, they they keep testing these rockets and testing these rockets and testing these rockets. There's no people in those rockets. I wonder why they're not putting people in the rockets because they know what happened not too long ago where it went up and didn't last four minutes in the sky and it exploded and came back down. You know, that can happen. They want to weed out those possibilities so that when they do finally put humans in there, they want to have the the most likely possibility that they're going to get out of the atmosphere and into outer space safely.
0: Then explode. (laughs) <laughs>
1: well, it,
2: you know, it's, it's the, it, it, Let's hope not it, hubris, right? It's hubris. Right. The hubris kills them. And the, here they are using this machine. How many times did they use it? How many times, how deep did it go? How many times did it go to that depth? The stresses that that material, the machines made out of, are
0: we sure that that mm-hmm. material is still in good shape? Or, it, oh yeah. Was it maintained? Yeah, that's a huge thing, right? Like, yes, they've gone to that depth. They've been doing this a long time. Um, But are they maintaining their equipment, right? Like the airport,
3: you never know when you're going to get on a plane that's well-maintained or not. You could go down that day or not.
2: Yeah, you never know when the engine's going to fall off Yeah. Because you stress fracture on the rivets that, or the bolts or the maintaining
3: is the one of the number one things when it comes to a boat, a plane, you got to always check them, always be expecting them because
1: you never know what could happen when you're up there in the air. Anything could happen. Even on things like, I don't know, a podcast, we run tests every week, don't we? We run tests every single... They're nodding their heads over there for the audio listeners. So, so you don't... Because you, you can't hear the rattles. But... Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But we run tests every single week. <laughs> uh, because we want to make sure that you're getting the best product. Uh, now obviously, our lives are not hanging in the balance, or I hope not. Um, I mean, audio and video-wise, but I don't know if the product's <laughs> the best. Well, the best thing that kidding. we can put out. Best right? we can put out. Best we can put out. Best we can hope for. So. And... Go oh, go ahead. No, go. I was to say we're 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 pretty much uh, well over time, and uh, I've been I've been seeing the the same signal from uh, Sterling. Do you think me, Eli Munts
3: is using monkeys to stand up in space? Not yet. I hope he don't because we might have a Planet of the Apes. <laughs> well, I was
0: thinking what what we definitely have learned is the difference between you know. Uh, Maintenance and non maintenance is the same as uh, addiction and chemical dependency. Um, So, (laughs) are you maintaining your teeth and hair? Uh, (laughs) Chemically dependent. What are they? What are my teeth and hair?
2: (laughs) Do I even have teeth?
0: Uh, Who cares? (laughs) So, you need a bite down. (laughs) Um, So, anyway, I guess we are a little over time. Um, Before we go ahead and close out, I want to make sure to repeat go ahead and like share with your best friends share with everybody else share with a stranger i don't really care make sure you just share 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 uh subscribe if you haven't but we know you have Uh, make sure you hit the bell and um check us out everywhere youtube rumble anywhere your audio podcast and podcasts uh definitely the facebook page um
1: it's still there believe it or not
0: it is Yeah, I can't believe that. So, It's a lot of fighting. And, of course, we've gotten this far. So make sure you comment, 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 comment down in that section. We want to know what you think, uh, how we can improve. Probably not. It's pretty amazing. Um, Or, you know, your opinions on a lot of things we talk about. So before we get out of here, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give an outro to the man right here. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy you hear every single week. Killing it on this mic. um, Josh Cummins.
1: Hey,
0: That was anticlimactic. <laughs> <a> uh, <laughs> woo. All right, let's there move go. on to Louie. Louis. <laughs> Louie. <laughs> I'm not. Yes, sir. <laughs> the man. The myth and the legend because Josh failed. Hey. Uh, we have <laughs> thanks for guest hosting. By the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'll get to me here in a second. And I'll really praise myself. I but, think you should take that chair for now on. You're doing a great job. Thank
1: you. Oh, my gosh. What is this? This is what
0: happens when I miss a few shows. They're like, we'll just, we'll just feed his ego. He'll come back.
1: This is what's called a mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Louie. So yes, check Louie out. He's
0: he's phenomenal. Um, and, of course, we have our special guest here, David Waters. Yes, sir. Not Walters. No. We're not messing that up.
1: No, Walters is the baseball player. Yeah, he's, there the, we go. Yeah, he's the other
0: guy. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, uh, you for had time. a lot of insight. I learned a lot today and, and just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, excuse me. What's going on back there in the booth? <laughs>
1: it's been a lot insane. of that <laughs> today.
0: Sterling and Cameron. That's it. We're, we're splitting those two up. We're putting a wall between them. <laughs> you know, yeah. with the lashings, <laughs> they keep them separated. And uh, you know, make sure you guys come back next week. Something's going to be great. It's always great. I've been your guest host, Alan McFarland um i will eventually make something on laughing libertarian i promise you i just hate editing and it's summertime and i'm busy and you're tired of me whining already but that's really my reality so anyway more will come don't bring the kids to my show make sure you bring them here and uh we'll see you next week or we should do a closing prayer yeah we can do it we'll do a closing yeah. prayer we'll do that we'll yeah. roll that back quick no sterling don't smack your
1: forehead <laughs> josh <laughs> <laughs> close us out here Father God, thank you for this time, uh, fellowship, and fun, and information. Uh, we uh, we want to thank you for our great crew, for working hard and snickering when we said uh, things that sounded kind of funny. In your son, heavenly precious name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 So, see you next week. Bye.